The Spartans went to Jersey for a fat sandwich and suffered a massive rack attack. <laughs> Who the fuck wrote this? You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. That's the one. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by MSU basketball casual Kevin Greck. Greck, did you see the end of Saturday's game? Well, uh, the team didn't. Uh, the team voted <laughs> in. They went to the showers with about two minutes left. So I thought that was a good time for me to stop uh, watching as well. Uh, and also here, the man who DVRs games like a serious podcaster, Alex Plum. <laughs> Plum, welcome. Uh, you Maybe you're... How was watching about... Uh, Wow, mm, too much, wow. Too, too verbose. Well, I hey, whose fault is that? Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. I'll uh, just say anyway, this. How was I, I watch these games. It's better for my blood pressure. I don't. I could skip out 45 minutes of commercials, asinine commercials, I'll add, especially when it's on FS1, goo. But otherwise, no, great, great. And I also didn't watch the end of Saturday's game because it wouldn't have been good for my dog. I was really hoping uh, that, like, for the Big Ten Network 10-year anniversary, they're going to bring back, like, OG Big Ten Network commercials. Like, mm. roll the Barbasol commercial with the Barbasol mm. jingle. Wow. Close shave America. Deep. Close shave Barbasol. Deep cut. Or the Rotel commercial. Sometimes they would go to commercial and it would just be Rotel, like, five times in a row. And then they would come <laughs> back to the game. I like that they at least have the courtesy now to say... No one bought this airtime, so we're not going to play someone's commercial just to fill For it. Free. <laughs> <laughs> More Rotel! More Rotel! Roll it again! <laughs> they love the Rotel! All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. And if we could ask, honestly, at this point in time, it's no longer a small favor. It's a big one. Please, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. We know how many of you listen, and we've seen the review count. Get to work, folks. We do this for free. You can follow us on Twitter wow. at Spartan underscore pod and Instagram at Spartan underscore pod. Is this an A-B test that we're doing right now? We're usually we're the good cop, but this week you're like, uh-uh, bad cop. I It was a rough week of basketball, man, and I'm just going to take that word. Are you doing okay? Do we this start the, with a wellness check on this you? This is the one thing he has left. Oh, right? yeah. Please, <laughs> listeners, please, listeners, give him this. Can you give him this? I need your validation. Oh, this is uh, the most pathetic start to a podcast. I'm okay with it. I'm really okay yeah. with it. Let, yeah, let them fine. see. Now. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, this week, new structure to the show. Mm. Uh, I would explain it, but Greg probably wouldn't listen. So, Greg, do you want to give the rundown of what the show is going to look like? Uh, football, basketball, off Grand River previews, and then no Twitter questions because <gasps> because we didn't put it out this week. We kind of talked about maybe not doing it this week. We we didn't do it this week. So. Probably next week. Probably we're we're gonna be back Maybe. with Twitter questions next week. Maybe or a week at some point in the future. We'll see. We'll see how this. We'll see how this episode goes. Okay. Bring your best, bring your best energy. All right. All, All right. right. So football. Let's are, start there. Green wall. Head behind it. Follow me, gentlemen. We're going behind that green wall. Uh, you got to go somewhere safe because the blue wall is in full effect this week. So, uh. 
Portal Watch, football, the sport that always leads. We recorded after we just picked up the Broussard uh, commitment out of Colorado. Mm-hmm. And uh, we thought there was something on the horizon. And lo and behold, we push publish on the whole episode. And Daniel Barker from Illinois, a 6'4", 250 tight end, uh, transfers to Michigan State or, or issues a commitment to transfer to Michigan State. Uh, he pulled himself out of the NFL draft um, and, and went into the portal. Um, he is the all-time leader in touchdowns uh, at, for tight ends at Illinois. Uh, famously catching the last TD against us in that brutal comeback a couple years ago. Yes. 2019. Yeah. 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 That yeah. sucked. I hated that. And um, I hate him a little bit, but hopefully he makes it up to me this year, this upcoming <laughs> season. I, I heard he was deeply concerned about your feelings yeah. on the matter. That mm. was a big part of his announcement. So was he a freshman? I mean, how many years of eligibility does this kid have left? I think he's a, coming in as a grad transfer. Okay. So he, uh, he, might, he might have an additional year because of COVID. Because of COVID. COVID. COVID year. Uh, but I, I suspect if he, if he was trying to go to the NFL draft and he pulled himself out, I suspect he's hoping that he's one and done here. Um, Got you. So, uh, you know, that's the rundown. This, uh, guys, I would, I would turn it over to you because, you know, we're obviously high on Malik Carr. Yeah. Uh, who I think is going to be a technically a sophomore next year. Yeah. Um, as it was a really end. starting to carve out a niche for himself at the end of last season. Yep. But teams can have more than one tight end. And should. Yes. Especially when um, one of the more dynamic wide receiver options has just uh, elected to leave the team. So I like this ad a lot. Personally, this is a big body. This is a well-established talent. I mean, this, this is a catcher. Yeah. This is another weapon for this, uh, uh, this offense next season that is replacing a big gaping hole, uh, in, in Kenneth Walker in a way that we're, we're not sure how we're going to pull that off, but this would, this could maybe soak up some of that hole. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Plum, any thoughts on any of that? Uh, what happened to Trent Gillison? He transferred out. We talked about this. Review the he, tape, Plum. He's gone. But we were not you know sure. Not yes. gone. Ma'a Nautete, uh, who. You've been practicing. Seems mm-hmm. to have just gone into the portal for the lulls uh, because Tucker pulled his own guy out. Uh, he was, before that, he was the highest rated recruit of Tucker's 2021 class um, and saw some snaps in a fair amount of special teams this past yeah. year. Uh, we were sad to see him go, but, you know, with the transfers we brought in at linebacker, I don't think we. Because we, of the because of the Tucker scheme, um, yes. th- there is a diminished role for true linebackers in the defense, but. This these are the types of guys that you build the program off of in the long yeah. term. So we were sad to see him go. I'm thrilled to have him back. I think yes. this is great, not just for him as a player. And hopefully, I you know hopefully it is that, but also for the the team and the program in the long term to show that uh, these really talented high school players um, are deciding to stay with the program even when transfers are being accepted at their own position 
Yeah, I think that's the right take, particularly because, I mean, he was, I mean, he, this was the guy we were the most excited about. He was the highest ranked player that we got. I don't, it felt awkward that the guy you were the most excited for six round for a season is like, nah, deuces. Like, I see what you're doing here. Is there a role for me? I think that undercuts credibility. I think that's a culture, a, a culture red flag for me, but he came back. And so maybe this was his own stuff. Maybe he was like, Danny doesn't love me enough. And daddy was like, have a cigar. <laughs> yeah you, and you don't know what his expectations around playing time were and i sure. mean he'll be a sophomore right like yeah you know uh it it was pretty alarming to see cal halliday take us take the role that he did as a freshman sure. but that's super uncommon for a linebacker to be able to be that dynamic um that early in his career so yeah. and with no gloves <laughs> doesn't need him sometimes a club though yeah sometimes a club bapa 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 uh, all right. Let's talk a little Cruton. Uh, before let's continue the party before we hit. Yeah, and I just want to be on the record as I am against the word Cruton. But yeah, continue. if ever you see this podcast use the word Cruton, know that it was exclusively from Mike Jones. Michael Jones. So Cruton. when er, later this week, when you see our Twitter account publish a Cruton and then like a racial epitaph that was definitely <laughs> Jones. He was the only one. That would do such a thing. His anti-LGBTIA bias <laughs> is right. well known as well. Well known. Well known user of the term cruder. Well known. Well known. Anti-LGBT. When he's like, cruder. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> God. Anyway, Jonesy, let's, how's your pronunciation guide on this one? Uh, it's DePepe. Nice. No, I'm sorry. No, it's uh, DePepe. It's DePepe. I'm sorry. DePepe. Yeah, DePape. Not DePope, but DePape. And not DePape. Uh, DePape. Uh, yeah, no, it's DePape. Uh, rare, rare frog. Is he Dutch? I don't know. But Andrew DePape from the great, not really, but the state of Iowa hmm. uh, is the number two recruit out of that state, and he is a defensive end, and you love to see stealing a, uh, a high four-star out of Iowa from Iowa. Um, He's uh, the highest rated recruit uh, in uh, at Michigan State since 2019. Uh, he's the highest composite. rated out of state recruit, I believe. Right? Oh yes, you're right. That's mm, since 2019. It doesn't matter. He's he's in the 150s nationally. Big, yes, big get. Yeah. Composite 133. Uh, he is uh, 6'5", 245. Um, the Alan, Tra- Alan True, the national recruiting analyst for uh, 24-7, um, notes that there's not really like much wrong with his game. No glaring weaknesses, uh, sees a lot of upside in him, and gives a, a comp for as Max Crosby for the Oakland Raiders, which is, uh, you know, if anyone's following pro football, is a huge yeah. compliment. That's all great. I think the real story here, and I apologize, I don't know how long it's going to take you to get to this, the real story here is who he was recruited by yep. and how long that person has been on the staff. Uh, formally uh, announced recruited by uh, Brandon Jordan, who was just added to the staff as the edge rushing coach two weeks ago, uh, two weeks ago. So this is massive. Like we were talking about this in our group chat as it happened. And I, I made the observation there and I'll make it again here that this feels a little different this recruiting class uh, just in terms of 
the guys that they're getting and the recruits that are just showing up on a Tuesday afternoon. Like in years previous as someone that's followed football recruiting for the Spartans for like 15 years, it was almost never the case that a four star just shows up on a Tuesday afternoon. It was always, you know, there are like five or six, yeah, five or six, four stars that we get in a, in a given year. They're all really competitive recruiting uh, situations. It's like a big battle against someone else. To just have some dude casually come out of nowhere and commit and to be a high-level recruit is very encouraging for the future of recruiting and, and the, on the football team. I will say that I typically only use Twitter, and so if I don't see a highly produced graphic with a player with lightning coming out of his ass and then like four or five different Power 5 logos oh, around yeah, his you head, have the I, don't, I don't know. You know. So when this was announced, clearly I didn't believe it. Because that isn't—it's not how it works. Uh, but I did some—I did some digging. Pleasant Valley High School, and do you know what their mascot was, boys? I was just going to get to this, but go ahead. The paper, the Spartans. So, oh! you know, it was in the tea leaves. That was the real story the whole time. I—I I was wrong. Time. Well, we we had talked about the junior day that Michigan State hosted um, at the basketball game. Uh, against Michigan when they had like 34 stars or whatever there. Um, he was among them. And, uh, you know, this is a big get out of that visit. Yeah. Um, big yep. get. So yep. Yep. Good. Uh, good, good, good. The rest of his list is pretty Big Ten heavy, but, um, you know, big pickup, big pickup. Um, and we've, we've seen a lot of people in the internet waves be like, well, he's from out of state. He committed really fast. Like he's, prime to get plucked by someone else but like truly we have not seen that many guys decommit from from tuck classes there's been a few but not that many so i'm i'm not saying it's impossible but i'm saying like this is something this feels different um and you know uh it sounds like most of the rest of the board that we're chasing on the defensive line are all really good guys so like you might commit because you like what you see, you like Coach Jordan, and you want to take that spot. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, if you're only chasing whales, then you might, and you think, I, I think this Brandon Jordan hire is a, is a big deal. I mean, you're already seeing him continue to post, you know, the work that he does with pros. If, if these are guys who want to get to the league, they might see an inside track here, someone who mm-hmm. actually coaches pros. So, um, other pickup. Uh, Jonathan Slack, uh, he is a high three-star borderline four-star center. Um, he's weirdly classified on the 24 seven site. Um, so folks who check that out, I wouldn't read too much into like, they call him an offensive tackle, but there's no way he's six, three, two eighty. Uh, he plays center in high school and notably snaps the ball to Dante Moore. Um, and, uh, you know, this is sort of your next guy in line to to take over that center spot uh, after. Um, someone help me out. Bail me out here. Well, yeah. Hey, I'm Mac. Good. Yeah. Is it say Mac? Mac? Matt. No. Matt. Matt. Marmal. Mark. Sparkle. You, you no. think we're going to be the ones to bail you out on the name of the center? Like Bam Holsley. 
Uh, I do want Jonathan. Uh, I, you know, it's exciting who he plays with, but he earned this on his own. And uh, oh, you yeah. got to be excited to have him. I mean, we talk about recruiting peer groups so often on the podcast and his is strong. I mean, he's got some of the teams that you would expect to see the Memphises, the Cincinnati's, the Boston colleges, but he's got the, the old misses. He's got the Tennessee's he's got the West Virginia's he's got the, uh, you know, Oregon offer here. So like, this is a, this is a big get for Mel Tucker and a big get for the offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is absolutely huge. Uh, it, you know, this is so that puts Michigan State's 2023 class at four people, um, and a lot subject to change. But it's the number nine class in the country currently. Uh, as a peer group, I think it's only A and M and Ohio State who have four players committed that are ranked higher currently. Mm-hmm. Um. You're off to a good start is, I guess, what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Just A&M and Ohio State uh, ranked higher with four commits. And if people haven't been paying attention, uh, the name, image, and likeness stuff happening at Texas A&M, in in addition to having Jimbo Fisher there, uh, has netted Texas A&M a lot of recruiting heat. In fact, I think they had, they ended up closing one of the highest rated recruiting classes ever recorded in 2022 um hmm. so good group to be with uh just because AM is there it doesn't mean i like that's that's a plus yeah. right now yes yes that's yeah I, I assume people were in the know on AM being a monster on the recruitment side of things right now but um yeah this is this is a great start and unex- coming a lot faster i guess is what i would say yeah. than i anticipated um, and I'll, I'll take more crow. I've been taking a lot of crow. I, I wanted to see it from Mel Tucker before I just accepted that he was a great recruiter, but it's there right now, man. Um, Rocking. so in terms of what's next on the football side of things, I truly am delaying talking about basketball at this point in time. Cause my God, it was terrible. But, uh, the, uh, we have two transfers left that we could theoretically pick up, uh, I don't expect Michigan State's probably going to take anyone until after spring games happen. Um, at this point in time, there's probably not too many grade A folks left in the portal, and you're looking for people after spring practices that, that hit the portal and who are not seeing playing time the way they anticipated. So that's probably the next time we're going to see some roster movement. Anyway. Okay. Um, should we begin basketball by asking Upper Deck Jerk Guy what he thought about games, Gabe's game in the Maryland game? No. And then in the Rockers game. Sure. It was a, it was a tale of two games. Tale. Of, did you, did you work? Did you workshop that one on the No, right I home? didn't. I'm just going off the cuff. I did workshop upper deck jerk guy. I wrote on our, our Maryland, uh, our Maryland section here on the agenda that Gabe browned his pants in the Maryland game. <laughs> I love it. Do we have to talk about the Maryland game? We do. Like really, the Maryland game was just an omen for the, as it turns out, an omen for the Rutgers game. It was like the Minnesota game before the Northwestern game. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's let's talk about it briefly. We did go to College Park and we played a game. Um, and 
the the storyline there is we were up by 15 at one point in time in the second half, and then somehow it came down to a last-minute bucket by Malik Hall um, to secure the W. I do believe the first bucket that MSU had had in six minutes. Yeah. Woof. Um, uh, Alex Plum, it was his favorite game because Michigan State went 14 for 15 from the charity stripe. Perfect game, right, Plum? And what happened, gentlemen? They won. We won the game. Yes, that's so, the message. Nary will you tell me that they don't matter. Thank oh, you. no one's saying they don't. No one's saying they don't matter. In fact, <laughs> that's not what we're saying. Some could say, and are in fact here saying, that the single most important factor to that win was the free throw shooting. So Michigan State gets out rebounded, thirty-one to thirty. Um, not great. I don't know. I mean, there was just a lot of not great. I mean, Uh, but, 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 but do you know who was great in this game and who had been great until Saturday? Malik Hall. Malik Hall. Yeah, that they, this was a, this was Malik Hall's victory. This was Malik Malik. Hall's win. Yeah. Put it on the list with the, with the, like the Georgia win from last season and a couple others from this year. Like there are games that you can just be like, that was your game, Malik. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. I thought Hogard had a garbage half on balance for anyone that plays point guard, and that continues to be a consistent trend for him. When we need him, he is unable, uh, incapable of stepping up. He had a couple nice distributions. He had a nice steal in the first half. Um, I, I, and we'll talk more about the inconsistency in that, but I, 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 I that was one piece that I had from this, this thing. Um, the ball but didn't move well in the Maryland game either. At all. At all. Ten assists on 22 made buckets. Although I will say, you know, who it did move well to was Joey Hauser. And he was hitting the three like it was his job. Stella yep. starting to get her groove back in a way that I love to see. And this continued, by the way, at least in the first half of the Rutgers game. So yep. there is something that is finally clicking with Joey Hauser. But of course, as soon as we say that. Um, where it's not clicking, and this is now a problem for us, a big problem, in fact, is the McDonald's All-American, who is continuing to earn my ire. He was negligent in his performance at Maryland, and Rutgers borderline incompetent. He shouldn't be starting. He shouldn't be playing. We probably should break his kneecaps. Who, who, just curious, who would you start in his place? I, Stevie. I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, frankly, one of, one of the chairs, if Tom would take a Bobby Knight and throw a fucking chair onto the court, let that play the two, four, I don't know. I don't know what he plays, but fuck it. Because he's not playing! Because he's not playing! I'm not happy. No, we know. We picked up on that. <laughs> So noted Stevie or chair <laughs> are your options to replace Christy. Didn't want to go with anyone, anything more athletic. Uh, did he play in the Maryland game? He, I think he played the most minutes. Interestingly, was that you because know, of foul trouble? Did Malik have fouls? No, Malik plays the same position as Joey Hauser. Right. But I did. But sometimes the, I don't know. We were playing small that game a little bit, right? Uh, we've been getting away from that, but I, that there was foul trouble in that game. Um, so you did see some Malik at the five, even. Mm. Um, but I don't think Malik normally gets 
more than 25 minutes. All right. I don't recall a box score where he's had that. So anyway, uh, the takeaways. Thank you, Malik Hall, for that game. Max Thank Christie you. should be replaced by a chair or maybe Stevie Izzo running around the court with a chair. And he like quickly sets it down and he steps on it and he tries to play defense, gets his arms up. And then he like, oh, he scrambles back down. He picks the chair back up. He runs back down the court. Oh, he's working so hard. That Stevie Izzo. Oh, he's a coach's son. Cerebral player. Ah, <laughs> cerebral player. I don't know. I just it was Get into the dog whistles a little bit there. Uh, you did because of uh, Johnson does Johnson does that. Uh, Gabe Brown only oh. twenty two minutes in this game. Well, that's which, because look, what was yep. his three three point shooting in that game? Atrocious, uh, one for five. Be- better than his overall Barf. shooting. Barf. Barf. Can I just? Bang. I had a couple more points about this game. First, the "fuck you" Izzo chant was. Mm. You guys really uh, this bothered? Like it's an I, opposing uh, case. I've never heard. The Izone. Mm. And I know, not that, not a coach. Do you have do you have an example of that? Uh, yeah, I think we really gave it to Matt Painter at a certain point. Like, big time gave it but to Matt Painter. Difference is, he deserves it. Oh, I forgot. I forgot about he's that. Bad. Yeah. He's bad. Okay, he's bad. never mind. But, but there were times, I mean, Izzo has grabbed the microphone that is somehow produced for him whenever mm-hmm. he needs it to be and cut that shit off. You know, so that's a level of, and like that was very clear. Like you can't say you didn't, if the, if the, if the cameras or whatever, the sounds is picking that up, the announcers mics are picking that up. That's a problem. So I thought oh, that I thought was that a little was, bit. Uh, how did the announcers try to try to oh, yeah, that that, was, hand wave that? Well, let's not even get into the announcers. No one has any time for that. We'll we've lose we've gotten some real duds lately. Not just lately. I mean, this must be a phenomenon that's happening. Maybe everyone worth their salt has either gotten cancer oh, or has one, decided to take another job somewhere. But can I just say, in the last minute of the Maryland game, the with the score tied, the most critical minute, I mean, of basketball – Izzo decided to play Aikens, Hogard, Walker, and Christie. We don't have a less competent foursome on the team. We don't. You could have put in, put Stevie, Chair, uh, Mark Montgomery, does he even still coach for the program? And the backup referee lady that wears like the windbreaker underneath the referee shirt out there, and they would have been more productive in that minute. I swear to God, this is insane. Explain to me those four: Aikens, Hogard, Walker, and Christie. Do you have point, do you, any summary statistics on them? Who who was who was on the floor for Maryland? Did you pay attention to that? Couldn't care less. Well, it, I I'm I'm Plum doesn't guess. play matchups. I'm gonna, that's not I how I work. Play I your want the game. guy. I want mm-hmm. the guy. I'm here for the guy. Give we know. me the we guy. Know. We know it's very rare. I don't know. Do we only have four people on the floor? You only need four. Who is I, I don't know. Well, Hauser's is so going big. All, all, we're all in foul trouble. I don't know who the fifth was. It had to have we been. We know it had to be Malik Hall, it right? Because he Hall. won yeah, the game. Because he won the game. Okay, so it's Malik. <laughs> I just, I like, I like that in all of this, Plum didn't take note of, like, he, he was so angry. He couldn't see the person who scored the. <laughs> by the way, and by the way, I'm watching this on replay, right? So I already know we're going to win the game. You can't imagine how much worse it would have been if I hadn't already known the result. Just blind with rage. Uh, let's go to the result that was much, much worse. Let's go to the Rutgers game. Now is the time. So, okay. the, first off, the the Butker. Um, 
had quite the shooting day. Let's let's make sure that we just all right, all right, acknowledge that. Just say it. Now. What did they ended up end up shooting? Sixty one percent, sixty two percent from the floor, which yes. is sixty one um, Which is not so, how they generally operate. They're yeah, one of the so, poorer shooting teams in the Big Ten. Yeah, one of truly the poorest in the Big Ten, and I think it's also worth people knowing that that's a full eleven points higher than the next best shooting performance against us all year. And that was Baylor. Yeah. I mean, top five ranked Baylor. Yes. So, I I mean, you, you can, there are plenty of things to be frustrated about in this game, but at some point in time, you also have to acknowledge that for whatever reason, Rutgers was putting up carnival shots and Mm -hmm. they were going in. Yeah. Like we talk, we joked about about the 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 Josh Langford, like oh, just let him play ISO ball and they'll take the dumbest shots. They did that and they and went they in. went in, yeah. like well, at, at a rate that is it, inexplicable. I don't watch a lot of Rutgers, but I don't think they're hitting a lot of those like behind the back dishes, like bounce passes behind the back, like into a shooting motion. Like there's a yeah. lot of that happening. Well, Kay, also... he, who I think is probably a pretty good point guard. I mean, he's six six, right? Like he's sure. there's reasons to think he's probably a pretty good point guard. But let's be clear, he's at Rutgers, right? Like he would have gone elsewhere if he was that good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe he's and, there for the fat sandwiches. Maybe, maybe he likes them. Yeah, I saw people online defending New Brunswick, and I was like, that place is dirty. Anyway, but yes, he was. He played out of his goddamn mind. And was making passes that, like, you would have expected to see on a Funniest Home Videos version of Rutgers at some point in time. Like, because you expected they would just go. Anyway, so, like, I think you have to put the entire game in that context of what happened here is not normal and is not all Michigan State related. Yeah. Okay. Occasionally, you were just going to go on the road and get housed. Even the best teams. That stuff happens. Now let's turn on ourselves and and eat our own because that was also a terrible performance for Michigan State. Let's say this. Go ahead. No. We have to start by acknowledging that Gabe took his yes. shorts off, washed them, used his, <laughs> his stain remover pen. Yes, yes he did. And uh, went six for seven from three yes. uh, in this game. So This game would have been a lot worse. God for you, <laughs> Gabe Brown. You beautiful man. I'm so sorry about all that browning the pants business that we had earlier. Because this could have been a this could have been like the drubbing that MSU received last year at yeah, the rack. And I I was thinking about this. I might have tweeted something to this effect that I when we lost that game, it was our first loss to Rutgers since they joined the Big Ten. And I thought, all right, whatever. Like you're coming off of COVID. Yeah. It was bound to happen eventually, but like there's a big kind of asterisk on this, this butt kicking. There's no asterisk on this. Like yeah. they kicked the shit out of us. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I'll say is that uh, the team shot six for six, a hundred percent for free throw in this game. So I think we can move on. I'm pretty sure we won. Right. <laughs> Alex <laughs> comments on that. I'm not going to. <laughs> okay. 
And what did what did Rutgers shoot? Well, I was thinking uh, at that eleven for seventeen, about sixty percent. I think they shot one for ten in the first half. Garvard's going to check me on that. Um, six um, for six in the second. Eleven I think. for seventeen is that quick mental math. He's going to check me. I'm going to look foolish. You are foolish. It's, it's in the box score. I don't have. Oh, it's sixty-four percent. Oh. I was in the neighborhood. I'm good. Um. Oh yeah, they went four for eight in the first half, and then seven for nine in the second. Um. Yeah. So Plum, uh, theory dismissed. Well, I mean, six points. I know. I mean, I you know, I was looking at the personal fouls. You know, we had we had two more personal fouls than they did, but you know, all personal fouls are not created equally. And at a certain point, they got blown it. They were, you know, I mean, they're not created equally. You uh, interrupt game flow. If you don't get them at the right time, you get them when the game is already over because it's a twenty point differential. Like, well. 14 points even it's like meh so and we're not going to talk about the referees they did a terrible job but that's not why we lost by 21 yes. points can we talk about the referees as people though we and can talk about mean. kelly pfeiffer just and mean if you know if and i want to invite everybody to look well, at the box score to get the spelling of this guy's name so you can look him up and maybe we'll tweet it later i don't know yeah and i'll tweet that out i'll tweet Great. that out we'll get to kelly in the back end of this but let's that's good let's do this that's uh good. because i i i think the place that you have to look at in this game as a it, the common theme in my mind is effort and intensity and effort. And, and, and maybe there's a bit of execution, but I look at fast break points. We had zero. Well, Rutgers uh, had Rutgers 11. was really getting back. Like Rutgers played, no, a, but a Rutgers game. had 11. All right. The game that I watched, the game that I saw, uh, they, I was actually kind of impressed at times how hard the team continued to play. I know that they filmed it in and then the at the end of the game and then the the score really got out of hand. But in the first half, I thought they played pretty hard. And in the second half for the first 15 minutes, I thought they kept the intensity up okay. I'll give it the first 10. The rebounding differentiator is a concern. Yep. Uh, Rutgers got half of their misses. They only had 20 misses on the whole game. They got half of them on offensive boards. Yeah, 10 offensive boards on 20 misses. That's that like they're not a good rebounding team either. They're not a good shooting team. They're not a good rebounding team. And they did both of those things really high level in this game. You would think, though, not being good at shooting, you might get better at rebounding. But they know. also did really good at thunder dunks. <laughs> that was demoralizing. Yeah. And we did really good job at turning the ball over. Um, well, we did a great job at attempting dunks that were fucked up, and that was on Marble. And Marble had at least two of those asshole decisions. Just give me the easy layup. Why, when we're down 14, are you attempting to slam dunk the ball, you boob? There was... I mean, technically a high percentage shot. Technically. Well, then ask him how. Although, strangely, not for this team. This Not team for this team. They can't get the ball. A lot of yeah. shots at the basket. Soft rim, hard rim, and uh, the ball's not going into the rim. I'll tell you that. Listen, it was execution today. It was execution today, Saturday. It was sloppiness. It was Tyson Walker playing kind of at home. I mean, I know he's from New York or whatever, but he's like, you have to assume there's more family and friends there for him. He's finally shooting a little bit, and then Within the first six minutes, eight minutes, gets three fouls. 
I mean, he played, what did he play? At, 13 minutes? 15 minutes? 16 minutes. And he had that three in like the first five minutes, I think. I mean, too, and right? it was, and it was, and it was like, oh my God, finally he's back. Oh, thank God. Hogard can stay on the bench. Maybe like. Speaking of threes, Hogard attempted two, made one. Yeah. One, I think one was at the end of the shot clock too. Yes. Um, but overall, well, I mean, goes, well, fine. I mean, I, 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 it was an execution problem. They scored 19 points off turnovers. That continues to plague us. And, and, and you know, 19, again, you're not going to close all those points. But it's just, you have to find opportunities to staunch the bleeding. We have been down by large deficits this season so far. We've played teams that shot incredibly well, and we still came back to beat them. Because not we, as well. Well, fine. But, and, and, and so, listen, maybe we lose this game. But you lose by 21 points. I'm telling you, this drubbing is worse than losing by 30. Because at least last year when we lost by 30 in Piscataway, we were all, we had been ravaged by COVID. At least we had an excuse. I mean, this is just the team yeah. not playing basketball. And they're all in their heads and they're all incredibly disconnected. It is, this was a bad, bad, unhappy, upsetting game to watch on every fucking level. And as well as Malik Hall played in in the uh, in the Maryland game, yeah. played poorly in this game. I mean, really low utilization, still managing three turnovers, missing zero a lot of shots. rebounds. Joey Hauser two rebounds. Like you can't have that out of your four spot. I know you can't have it. Gabe Brown had five. Re- How is Gabe Brown notorious for hanging out in the corner? Coming up with five boards. Two of them on offense. That that to me is effort. That's effort. I mean, I I just, I want to finish the point about Tyson Walker. I, I, I feel bad for the kid because he got himself into a spot. He played 16 minutes and still got nine points. That's actually good for, I mean, that's very good for him when you look at on the season. And and if he had been a little bit more disciplined, I mean, I think it was the nerve. That third foul was so stupid. It though. was that, stupid. And again, we'll, we can talk about our free, but I'm just saying like he got himself into some positions and it's like. Oh, I wasn't blaming the ref on that. Sorry. I, Tyson Walker going for that steal. No, I know stupid. what it was. I know what it yeah. was. But also like I, you, the referees know players and where they're at. They know where you're going to call a third foul. I mean, that's a that's a decisive foul to call early in the first half. Like referees that know their shit make decisions intentionally and smartly and we didn't get any breaks today that day but that's not the point i my point here and that i was making about tyson walker particularly was that in 16 minutes he was able to score more than max christie did in double that time and i i'm not going to listen to him i need one of you two to do it because you'll do it with more integrity than i can but something has got to give with that kid because tonight or i keep saying today gabe brown 20 points like that's great if 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 Christine can give us 10 more, which is just not an unreasonable expectation given what he's capable of. A, those, a couple of those things happening in the right sequence, a couple of threes, it interrupts the, the constancy that Rutgers had, which is the, those drives that they get on that we can't, you know, it's the spirals we can't get ourselves out of. Greg? Yeah, I, I, I appreciate all of that. When I was watching this, I, I kind of wondered personally. We've been talking this season about how you can get anyone going uh, at any given time. This, this team's got a lot of options, yeah. uh, and this was a game where Gabe Brown, you know, really got going. I wonder if this is also a game where, at any given time, two or three guys are just going to dog it, uh, or a team, I should say. So it's like, where is the ceiling 
if, you know, maybe you get lucky and two or three guys play great games, but then at, there's offsetting guys at the same time. And I, I wonder if that's just going to be the story of this team throughout the season. We made the observation last week. These two games are games you got to win if you're going to be in contention for the Big Ten. And I think what we saw here is that this is a team at the end of the year that might not quite be might there. not truly be in contention for the Big Ten. Yeah. Um, if, if, if we are that reliant on a player that he's continuing to average in the 30s and he's having these performances, we will not be competitive. We can't right. be competitive. That, that cannot be a, a fact about our team. Yeah, it will. Most of the time, Max Christie has been able to do a bit more on the boards and has done a lot more on defense. And that was not the case here today. Um, So, I mean, I would say his defense normally carries out whatever he doesn't get in points. But I think also the other issue here is that we, it seems like we don't get two point guards going at any one game. It's always one or the other. Right. And it seems like today, Plum, to your point, might have been Tyson Walker's game. Yep. It certainly was not A.J. Hogarth's game, but Tyson Walker had too many fouls, so he couldn't play most of the game. So, you know, you're left without a point guard for some part of it. But then again, I mean, he played a a fair amount in the the second half. Um, I, I just, I think they didn't board, and they didn't get back on defense, and then Rutgers shot their gourd out. And this MSU team is shooting really well from free throws. So it's Plum's favorite team of all time. At the end of all of this, we have to remember it's Plum's favorite team that he's ever seen where the red and white. I have yeah, made no, my bet Can we here. talk about Gabe for a second, though? Please. Because I have, I, here's the thing, Gabe, Gabe Brown. You shoot 90% from the line. I think he shot two free throws in the last five games. I'm going to double check that, but I'm pretty sure he's shot no fucking three throws for a dude who either shoots a three or drives. Like, if you are that good of a free throw shooter, you need to create contact. Yep. And Gabe Brown has not given himself the... And particularly when he was struggling through all of that time. Get to the line, Gabe. Get to the line. I don't understand what that, and that there's, I'm sure there's a tactic here that I don't understand because I'm not that smart about anything really, but especially basketball. In the Maryland game, we were doing a great job of getting into the paint. We were penetrating. You're moving the bomb. You're, it was, and then it, and it was the first half. And then the second half of the Maryland game, we stopped. It was like Maryland's defense caught on. And all of a sudden they were like, you can't just come in here and put in two easy points. And so we kicked it all around and we just played ring around the rosy. Outside, just kicking the ball around, going for three, missing them. That was the second half to Maryland, and that's exactly how we started at Rutgers. I don't know what you say about that, but to your point around not drawing contact, so many times, and you see this with Malik sometimes, he starts well, a lot of the guys, and then it's like they check to go for three, and they're just about to, and they're like, I'm not going to do it. And then they take a couple awkward steps, fade away, and it's like right off the rim, into the referee's head, and out of bounds. It's a lack of consistency. It's a lack of courage or confidence. And then it's on top of that, it's not physical. And I don't know, maybe that is attached to foul trouble. I'm not sure. Well, do we want to talk really quickly about the games that they have coming up? Is now the time to do that? I mean, we don't have to, we can, we can table it, but you know, as we're looking ahead, at least 
we, we can preview the games a little bit more in depth, but these, it, like, if Michigan State does want to keep their name in, in the hat for, for a potential Big Ten title contender. You got to win these next two. Absolutely. Yeah, they're at home. Wisconsin at home. Indiana at home. Um, these are no questions. Uh, so, all right. Well, we'll we'll preview these now, real quick. So, Wisconsin, kind of the same team that we already saw earlier this year. You'll recall that MSU went on the road, won at Kohl Center, put up more points in that building than had happened in twenty years. So, the team can be good sometimes. Um, currently at Kempom thirty one, still more efficient on defense than on offense. Uh, just squeaked out a close home win against Penn State this week that if I were a Badgers fan, I would um, hate myself and be concerned about uh, that. If I was a Badgers fan, I probably would hate myself just because. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what Your I'm team, saying. generally speaking, racist. But 50, but 51-49, that is a low-scoring basketball game. That's, that's some Bo Ryan some stuff. Wisconsin basketball right there. Uh, and they, of course, still have Johnny Davis, who's, you know, still producing and Brad Coming Davidson, who's who's still not. Brad Davidson. And, and and just be aware, you know, Gabe Brown, watch out. He came for your knees once. He'll come for them again. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, Tyler Wall will be back. Right. That is a big deal. Uh, you know, notably Malik Hall went off in that Wisconsin game. Tyler Wall will be a much bigger challenge than what he was getting at the four last time. Yep. So. Uh, also, we're going to see at Breslin Center for the first time this year, the Indiana Hoosiers, Saturday, 3.30. five coming back. Yeah, the, I'm very interested to see what the what the program does to welcome back Dane, if Old anything. Dane. I hope it's fuck you, Dane. I bet it will be. <laughs> so this is a team uh, very similar to MSU, actually commits quite a few turnovers. Uh, in that oh. way, um, not quite to the same uh, rate as MSU. Also, kind of unlike MSU in that they're not great at three-point uh, shots. But uh, they like blocks. MSU likes blocks. They're, they are much more efficient inside. Um, their two-point efficiency is really high. Their effective field goal efficiency is really high. Um, so, I mean, Trace Jackson Davis, everyone on this listening to this podcast will remember uh their sophomore guard um really really good having a fantastic season right now um shooting well you know defending well putting up a ton of blocks right now um so pretty pretty solid there um and then they've got some you know other dudes they got race thompson um they've got xavier johnson um so there's there's some guys coming to town uh, with the Indiana Hoosiers, uh, but they just got uh, annihilated at home by Illinois. I, did, I got to watch like the first part of that game, and they, and they were competitive, and they were leading. I mean, they were leading at various points in the first half. It was actually a really exciting first half of basketball to watch. But then it was really not Gosh. exciting basketball <laughs> to watch at the end, as Correct. they just got absolutely pantsed at home by Illinois. In the meantime, they do have to go on the road Tuesday to Northwestern as well, so they have that to contend with. That would be a pretty good game to watch, I would think. Yeah. Um, and then you know MSU on Saturday. So they did uh, not get drubbed 
by Illinois as badly as we did at Rutgers, though. I will say that for them. And they dispatched Maryland handedly by 13 points the last time they saw them, and you will remember that. That's true. And that was, was on the road. That was, so. uh, that was at Maryland, and they just annihilated Maryland. But, you know, this is the way of the Hoosiers. This is. This is. Um, do you want to go off Grand River now, gentlemen? Let's do it. We're really playing with the format on this one, you guys. Yeah, why not? Why Nancy's not? Was it, was it one of the suggestions to, to move previews to uh, uh, to Greenwall? Well, Made a little more sense. Made a little more sense. It's okay. I, I think this is going great. We have one thing off Grand River this week. And to, our host, do you want to kick us off what this is? We need to talk about the University of Michigan. And we need to talk about coverage of the University of Michigan. So I've decided anyway, and those can join me um, if they, they want. But I would like to say, get rid of Bo Beckler. Scrub him from your history, for the nonce anyway, and let's stop celebrating him as if he's a hero. Because he was an okay coach at best, who maybe to probably enabled sexual assault over many a years, and has been given a hero-like status that is undeserved and at minimum he should no longer be quoted. And so I have a problem when somehow it like we we went through this whole phase where we were canceling people left and right and like now I feel complicated about watching certain Kevin Spacey things because like it's complicated. Yet Mitch Album po- publishes an article that quotes Bo Schembechler freely. Dickie V is sending out tweets saying that Bo Schembechler is in football heaven. I don't know why it is somehow socially acceptable to praise and, and laud someone who is at least intertwined with a narrative of sexual assault that went on for a very long time. And I, it like, I think it's gross, <laughs> and I don't know why we're allowing it to happen. And there are multiple substantiated allegations against Bo Schembechler. Yeah, it's, it's not, not just from the simply his bio, his his not biological son, right? It doesn't matter what the actual correct uh, countless countless men have come forward and said we complained to him about this conduct, and he threatened. You know, the the culture was effectively if you don't go to the doctor, you're not going to play here. Your scholarship's gone, and so are you. And that that at the very least, at the very least, it's someone who didn't take seriously the needs of the people that were entrusted to his care and supervision, and for that reason, and for that reason alone, maybe and I don't. We I I we've spent a lot of time talking offline about like why it is so that the the treatment is so disparate, and I don't know that I care so much about that anymore. Yeah. I I like this isn't a revenge tour of MSU needs to see U of M be hit it just as hard. That's nonsense. That's not necessary. But what is necessary is for a, a, an accurate accounting and a, the accurate and fair treatment of Bo Schembechler in his rightful place in history, which is now much more complicated than it was before. Well, let me ask you this. Maybe this isn't even about Bo. 
I mean, I think. Well, that's my question is, yes. Well, yes. But here's the point. No, nothing can happen to him. And whether or not a statue comes down is, is moot. What we really need to address is what is wrong with Dick Vitale? What is wrong? No, what is wrong yeah. with Mitch Album? And what is wrong with the legion of individuals who continue to cite in a person, yeah. doesn't matter his name, but a person who enabled yes. sexual abuse and what was sexual assault? Why do you have to go out of your way? To Why are you going out of your way to cite him? Yeah. Why would anyone First do off, that? He's not relevant anymore by any context. And he's hasn't not. been, was he ever? Uh, but, but okay. He, he, he won a lot point, of big 10 championships at a time where it was easy to win big 10 championships when you had the resources that were allocated that the to boosters him. the boosters were giving them. In, the, in their, the playing field was not as even the scholarship situation was different. Um, but I don't understand the need to continue to go out of the way to to invoke this man in in the face of this group of uh, 1000 men at the University of Michigan and women so and women so and so, women. so my invitation to us and I, maybe I should, I should, this is coming to me later than it probably should have if we were really talking about this earlier but isn't about Bo I mean Bo did what Bo did and and fuck him this is about the people who continue to cite him and do yes. so at the expense of survivors who are continuing to wrestle with what they have survived. And and it's not just the writers. It's the editors, too. Yeah, like, fine. Because Mitch Album probably doesn't get to click send. He probably doesn't know how to anyway, like, to get that article to publish. Someone read that first and said, yeah, we're good. Like, Dickie V shooting a tweet out from wherever, like... Yeah, we got to tread carefully on that one. <laughs> what it, hospital bed <laughs> i mean what what that's not my point yeah. it, it, but that like and and is is some of this by the way less so with mitch album maybe with dick v is some of this about the fact that we've also talked about though that it hasn't been covered as widely or is it you know is like, no there's no it, way there is zero percent chance maybe dickie v is unaware because he's just generally unaware of things I mean, and he he's also it. distracted. But Mitch Album is from the area. Oh, yeah. No, he Mitch knows. He works yes. at a newspaper. He does know or has the, every opportunity to know intimately the allegations and all of the uh, and all of the evidence. In this case, there is no excuse for the Detroit Free Press to publish that piece of shit that they published on Saturday. It was garbage from tip well, to top to bottom. And if you take Bo out of it, the article doesn't still does, such doesn't garbage. Can't stand like, on its feet. like, like the just actively tried to leave you on national it is day. acknowledged in the piece that he was going to leave. Except if, for they didn't give him the job. They didn't offer it to him, but it was still written to be a giant fluff piece. Now, Mitch, this, it was just garbage from beginning to end. It was more proof than I, it was just continued proof that there is a different way that the University of Michigan is treated in the, in the media. And, and I, I wish we had more examples of this because Mitch Album is a trash journalist. He is, he I, I've met, literally I've, things up. I've, I've met him before. He's not a kind person. He has done some fantastic work for the people of Haiti. 
Um, I hope to assuage the guilt he has from being the shitbag human and journalist that he is. But that's about the nicest things that folks can say for for Mitch Album. And this, my co-host comments are right and correct with respect to how Michigan has been vilified and treated. But I, I will say well, that this there's is also per- the particularly the, an indictment on him. The willing omissions of coverage. Yeah. You know, the John Vaughn. The fact that most Michigan fans probably don't even know who John Vaughn is or what John yeah. Vaughn has been doing because the coverage of what he's been doing for the last several months has been so low. And when it is covered, it's usually in the education center, you know, behind a paywall, you know, never on the front page, never covered with the due that it deserves. Like, yeah. Okay. Good points. That's better. It, it, and I, we've talked a lot about behind the scenes about how we want to discuss this topic. And we talked a lot about Plum's really good at always asking the question, like, why now? And that stopped us from coming on here and just sounding off on like, on what Jonesy was saying earlier about, you know, MSU just got raked over the coals in certain ways, whether it was fair or not. And sometimes it was fair and sometimes it was yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's and, not what's important here. That's not why we're bringing this up. But bring right, this up. But the trigger for me, the trigger for me was that they clicked send. Yes. Yeah, Mitch, you can publish this. We're going to quote Bo in glowing terms. In glowing terms. That like that to me. Well, it's like, it's that it's that. And it's in the context of you've you've invented a story yeah. out of whole cloth. Whole- Yes, about a, about a, a scenario that didn't happen right. to save the reputation of a man who was truly an imbecile, <laughs> truly an imbecile, not good at his profession. Shame on the Vikings for even interviewing him. <laughs> and you create a narrative and then have the audacity to cite a man who enabled decades. And- I think it's fair just to hold Bo to the terms that he set for himself. The man wrote a book called Bo Knows about how when you're in charge of an organization, it the buck stops with you. Yep. So even even if you choose not to believe the the accusers, the survivors that said, I told Bo face-to-face this information, or I told members of Bo's team, he would if you take him for his word, acknowledge that he had a certain responsibility to know about these things and clearly beyond all evidence failed spectacularly in that way. And that's why the university of Michigan had to write a $450 million check. And as long as this pod is around, we will continue to remind our listeners from time to time that that is in fact the legacy of the folks in Ann Arbor and the absolute trash journalists that enable that university to continue to have such an inflated sense of itself and its outsized role and reputation in history. Shane. Well, the one bummer about not having Twitter questions is that this is how things end. The silver lining is I don't have to transition out of this conversation. (laughs) Everyone just gets to sit in this. Sit in your mess. All right, uh, there are two big basketball games this week. Uh, we, well, we actually, we we didn't talk about the University of Michigan was added back onto the program. Oh, yes, uh, that's the right. Schedule at the end of the end of the season. 
Um, so there's that as well. Um, yeah, well, do you, we want to talk about that for a second. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't get the sense that we had much choice. Yeah, like, we said it earlier. The Big Ten yep. was always going to reschedule this game. Yep. I mean, they they screwed us. They screwed us good. What day is that? Like that's, what? Uh, March so that's 5th? March 1st. So First. It's, uh, we have a Saturday uh, against Purdue. And then the following Tuesday, we travel down to Michigan. And then after that, we have to travel down to Columbus two days later. Wow. Uh, and then three days after that, we're uh, against Maryland. At home uh, the season. Yeah, that that is brutal. We got screwed. We got screwed because... They couldn't take care of themselves. So, well, it's, and it, I think it was supposed to be on FS, or I think it was supposed to be on CBS, and now it's an FS1 game. So you don't even get the same amount of ad revenue out of this. Yeah, coverage. it's a Tuesday at eight thirty. What is this? Actually, that works better for me. Honestly, <laughs> actually, I'm on board. I, I'm pro that time. Yeah. All right, guys. Anything else we want to add? Uh, I think Twitter questions are going to be back next week. Um, so, Raymond, yeah. uh, maybe we do two episodes of Behind the Scenes with Tom Izzo. Uh, and uh, anything else you guys want to say before we uh, before we sign off? Don't get comfortable with the format. It's going to oh. get mixed up from time to time. Wow. <laughs> Jonesy's stirring the pot over here. Salty. Gotta keep things loose. We need to reinvent ourselves, you know? Ugh. Not coming. Right here. All right, uh, gentlemen, go green. Go white. Go white.